Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. As the Spirit gave them ability, now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pygia and Pamphylonia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed but perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. When I was in Costa Rica, I took a surfing lesson because it's on my bucket list to become a surfer dude. <laughs> and I thought that once I learned to surf, then I'm going to grow some dreadlocks. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. So you, you could try to imagine a 50-year-old guy with one of those giant surfboards that they say are best for learning on, trying to, to get out through the crashing waves. Uh, if you can imagine that, you can imagine my wife standing on the beach laughing hysterically at her old husband trying to uh, act young. But when I finally got out there and the cool surfer dude who was giving me the, the surfing lesson was holding on to my board, uh, he said, now we'll wait for a perfect wave. And so while we were waiting, and you know what, it, it, it hurts to wait. It already uh, hurt my body to just get out there, but the way that you have to hold your head up to, to look for the waves that are coming, it just starts hurting your neck. And... Um, I would see one coming and I would say, that this wave looks great. I was like, this one, this one? And he would say, no, not this one, we're going to wait. Um, that, that happened a lot and he just got to where he would roll his eyes and, and shake his head. Um, but I, I spent a lot of time waiting for the waves. And I realized that uh, surfers don't create the wave. They wait for it. And when it comes, they ride it. Today is the, the day, of, a day of Pentecost, and I think maybe the disciples' experience was, was similar. Uh, Jesus had promised the disciples that if they would just wait, that in just a few days, power would come. And so they did. They waited. And the day of Pentecost comes, and it was really crazy. They were all together in one place. And suddenly all heaven breaks loose. And so there was this sound like the rush of a violent wind. And when you ponder that for a minute, I wonder, have you ever heard violent wind? A lot of us have. We don't know exactly what that sounded like. But I've been laying in my bed at night uh, 
when a storm hits and the wind sounds really violent and it's frightening, especially when your house is surrounded by wimpy pine trees, gigantic ones, uh, then, it, then it begins to feel quite dangerous. And I'm sure it felt something like that uh, to them. Uh, divided tongues as a fire. You know, our United Methodist symbol has on it these divided tongues. Maybe commemorating the day of Pentecost, uh, certainly the, the movement of the Holy Spirit uh, this day when we say that uh, the church began. I, I think it's a, an extremely appropriate day for Confirmation Sunday. Um, when you all uh, begin your journey in this way. There was a miracle in that the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit had the ability to speak in languages that they didn't understand. I'm trying to learn a different language and it's not an easy thing. But they were able to speak in other languages. And you know from the story that we just read, the world was gathered in Jerusalem. So there were people from every nation. And, and this global crowd came running. They were drawn to this sound, to this movement of the Spirit, to this place where the church was gathered. And this, this global crowd said, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, we hear in our own language, the language that we understand about God's deeds of power. As I reflect on this story and live with this story, it just occurs to me that it's easy for one of the most powerful things about this story uh, to get completely overlooked. It's right there in the first sentence. Grace read it for us just now. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together. They were all together. There's an African proverb written in large letters on a wall in the airport in Johannesburg in South Africa. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You may be familiar with Patch Adams. Um, he is a clown activist. He's written books. Um, there's a, been a movie about him where Robin Williams depicted Patch Adams, but in his book House Calls, he said, throughout most of human history, a community was a tribe and later a village. Initially, community offered protection, safety, and insurance against any threats that came along. Today, in the absence of tribal communities, many people must be responsible for their own security. I think that our society's high level of anxiety is mainly due to this loss of belonging. One of the things that we talked about in this year together as a confirmation group is that we belong to each other. And we have began to realize, and I would say we'll continue to realize for the rest of our lives, that we're better together. And that's why we joined the church. That's why the church exists. That's why God initiated group life and not individual life. And so now you'll hear me say this for the third time, and I don't know if this is going to bore you, but I'm actually glad that you get to hear all of this three times. That God claims you. And that's in part what today is about. 
Your family claims you. And as you, you have already experienced twice, you'll experience it again in just a few moments. Your church claims you. And they're all going to know that in a few minutes when you stand in front of them and when you look them in the eyes, that you are claiming them. And you're saying to them, I'm in this thing with you. and We need you. Some of you might not be familiar with the, the confirmation process in the United Methodist Church. Uh, with other denominations, we baptize babies. It's our conviction that this is not about something that we do. It's not about something that we earn. This is a gift from God. It's about God's grace and about God claiming us. And so we bring our babies to the font. And our, my parents uh, lifted me before the church and before God and made a promise to God on my behalf. It's a covenant that they made. And my church, whichever one that was, and the many that have followed, have made the same promise the same covenant. And that's the way God established it with Abraham. It's like when we called them to be a people, it was the children, eight days old, that, that were brought with the sign of the covenant, and it marked them. And so as we become young adults, we have an opportunity to talk about these things. And that's what we've done. We've spent a year together uh, talking about our faith. And... Um, trying to get at what it is that, that God wants from us, what it is that God expects from us. And we learn things like the Apostles' Creed, right, guys? <laughs> so you can stop any of, of these confirmants at any point, and if you ask them, what are the six things that God wants from us? I think we would say at least six things. They'll be able to tell you. God wants this, God wants that. And as much as I bribed them, we didn't nail the Apostles' Creed, but I tell them that's okay because it's usually printed for us and so we could just read it. And you've heard me say this already twice, but I want to say it again. As your pastor, I don't expect you to have all the answers. I don't expect you to have figured it out because we spent a year together talking about these things. If the rest of us were honest, uh, we would say... Uh, we're still trying to figure it out too. And you already know that your pastor's still trying to figure it out. And I think I can speak for Becky too, that we're in that same boat. The disciples spent three years with Jesus. They walked with him, they heard him, they experienced these things firsthand, and they're still perplexed at the end of it and still trying to figure it out. But my prayer for you, which is my prayer for my kids, has always been and will continue to be really is, is, comes from what God said through the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 21, God says, if you pray to me, I will hear you. And if you come to me and seek me with all your heart, if you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. So I pray that you will never stop seeking, never stop pursuing, regardless of what doubts come and what obstacles meet you along your way. Because I believe God's promise to be true. And I know from experience that God will speak to you in a language that you will understand. And that will make all the difference. They made stoles on the confirmation retreat. And they wrote their name on them. And things about themselves, about those who had poured their lives into their lives. We, we wrote things on these stoles about what God is calling us to be and to do. The stole is a, is a symbol for ordination for those of us who are clergy and who wear them. 
Bishop L. Bevel Jones and my granddaddy and my daddy, they laid hands on me and I was ordained a United Methodist minister. And in that service, I was given this stole. I don't know, that was a lot, lots of years ago. And I am a United Methodist pastor and I am giving my life to serve God and to serve the church in this world. And your stole is that for you, our baptism, our initiation into life together as the church. God has created us, and called us, and gifted us to serve. And you'll be receiving your stole in just a few moments, those of you who haven't received them yet. But to me, it's also a reminder that God wants us to show up. We don't just go through the motions. We don't just do church because we do church. We come to God and give back to God all that God has given us, our, our gifts, our talents, our abilities, all those things we've talked about that you're going to come to God with your, your passion for life, your compassion for people. And one of the most important things that you need to remember, and the founder of the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, was all about this. We didn't never check our brains at the door. God gave us reason to think about stuff, especially our matters of faith, because all of these things will be challenged. The church needs you to show up. I need you to show up. The world needs all of us to show up as the body of Christ. You're going to receive a gift, and it, it's a necklace, and it's this stained glass cross. And on the back of this cross is Isaiah 43.1, I have called you by your name, you are mine. And I want to share the first four verses of Isaiah 43, and I want you to hear this for the third time, and I want all of us to hear it. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. This is the word of God for the confirmation class and for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now I would like to invite 